Hey there, it's Preston here. And before we get started with today's show, I want to share a fun new opportunity with you. We're preparing to launch Freelance to Founder Shorts, five to 10 minute episodes addressing a singular specific question from one of you. If you've ever wanted to promote your business on our show, but don't have enough questions to fill a full episode, this is your chance. Just submit a question at freelance2founder.com slash ask, and we'll give your business a plug and include our best short answers to your question. As always, we can't do this show without you. So visit freelance2founder.com slash ask today and submit a question. You can send a text to record audio or make a quick video, and it just takes a few minutes at freelance2founder.com slash ask. We can't wait to hear from you. And now on to the show. Hey, everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, have you ever felt like you don't know where you're going in your business? It can be debilitating and frustrating. Not only that, but it can leave you spinning your wheels and wishing you knew what to do next to finally get some traction. That's the situation we find today's caller in. Her name is Bernadette, and she's calling from New Zealand with questions about how to reset her business and build something she can get excited about. It's one of the most raw, personal sessions we've had to date, which leads us to some real breakthroughs for Bernadette's business. Stay tuned, and we'll get started right after this quick break. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee from Milo.co and joining me on the air today is uh, my friend Clay, who's a new dad and still in the new, new dad, dad phase. <laughs> uh, new dad, still sleep deprived, but uh, <laughs> still exciting. <laughs> still not getting any sleep, but it's still uh, very magical in a weird yes. way. And uh, it's somehow like the best and worst thing that you do. <laughs> and I'll tell you right now, my oldest is uh, going to be 12 this year and it doesn't change, uh, at least not so far. <laughs> it's still just like the hardest and yet the best thing in my whole life. So anyway, uh, glad to have you. The reason I brought that up is because I did a show without you uh, last time and uh, and I missed you. So I'm glad you're here. So welcome, Clay. I appreciate that. <laughs> should also that mention, of course, that Clay's working at GetDripify.com. You should check out some of the work he's doing there. And he's launching a new podcast soon. So you can check out the show notes yes. for this episode and get a link to that podcast, which is called? 
Coffee with cool people. Coffee with cool people, asterisk, uh, marketing podcast, but not really. But not really, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, well, we'll give you more details later, but it's not going to be your typical marketing podcast. I love it. We'll be sure to get people tuning in when it launches. But uh, for now, uh, you know, check check the description of the show for a link to Clay's new podcast. Joining us on the air today also is our new friend Bernadette calling from New Zealand. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm not a mum or a dad, but congratulations, everybody. <laughs> I am a proud aunt with just no kids. I love how you know, I love how you, you pronounce pronounce mom. <laughs> I spell mom. it differently too. So mom. Very special. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Being an aunt or an uncle, I'm an uncle, and it's like the best because you get to just spoil them and not deal with any of the repercussions. So it's a day. Yep, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for thanks for calling in. I love we were just chatting before we hit record. I love that you just like you just like you listened to one episode and you jumped on and you signed up to come on a coaching call. You know, sometimes we have to beg people to come on these calls, which I think are so fun. And literally, we've never had anyone say like, well, that was a waste of my time. And maybe they would never tell mm-hmm. us if it was. But we almost always have people at the end of these calls say, that was that was productive. That was helpful that you guys helped me look at it from a different angle. Yeah. So if you want to come on the show like Bernadette is on the show today, just visit freelance2founder.com and you can scroll to the bottom of the page. There's a quick little questionnaire to fill out and uh, and then we can chat on the air like this. It's a lot of fun. We really love meeting new people. Bernadette, why don't you start off the episode by telling us a little bit about your business, what you're working on, who your clients are, just anything you want to give us to sort of get context for what you're you're working okay. on right now. Um, so I'm kind of in a weird position where... You know, I'm okay. I'm a freelancer, obviously, and I do um, copywriting mostly and content, email marketing, things like that. Um, But I'm in a really unique position, I think, where I had a health crisis last year. Um, I had to stop working, like, I lost my clients. And so I kind of am using that to try and say, okay, what's the business I actually want to build? and be really intentional about that because, yeah, I've been uncomfortably broke for a while. So if I have to be uncomfortably broke for a few <laughs> more months, I would rather do that and build something that I want to shop to work every day, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, which has been a little bit confusing because there's a lot of advice out there that's for, you know, like you've just got to climb the ladder and take the low-paying gigs and climb your way up or whatever. And it's very much about trying to get as much work as you can um, I think I'm really, truly trying to go the other way of just, I will just say no to the wrong gigs in order to get more and more. Yeah, definite. Um, I don't, that was probably a little bit scrambled, but does that make sense? And then in the last... Yeah, yeah. no, I think it makes a lot of sense. And and I, I want to unpack a couple of things there. First of all, like this opportunity that you have to reset, while I know I'm sure it was very challenging <clears throat> and continues to be a challenge, like it's a very cool opportunity, right? And I think you're handling it perfectly to to step back and say, instead of just jumping back into whatever I was doing before, what can I do better now that I have a, this excuse to reset my business? Yeah. Uh, how can I build something? Because so many freelancers and and just so many entrepreneurs, we get we get so far down the road on one idea, and whether we like it or not, we feel almost like stuck that we have to continue down the road on on something that we've maybe sunk a lot of time and effort into, uh, maybe invested a lot of money into. And the truth is, like, you can reset. Uh, and it's quite quite often a good idea to take a look at 
what opportunities you you can take to reset your business. So I think that's awesome. The other thing I was going to say too, and then I don't know if Clay has has anything to add. I don't mean to be long winded here, but um, I just want to debunk the myth that uh, you have to take low paying work. We say on this show all the time, like if you're just getting started, you might just have to say yes to whatever. But I think Bernadette, if you've already been freelancing for a while, even even though you've taken a break or whatever, you know, if, if you have the skill set to charge more. And you have the experience in working with clients to be able to charge more. You don't have to now reset and start from the bottom of the ladder. You can start from the middle where you might have jumped off before or even ahead of that. Often that advice is for like brand new freelancers who have never done any work for anybody, maybe fresh out of college or something like um, I'm not sure that advice, wherever you've read it, and, and we've been guilty of saying it. Uh, I'm not sure that advice necessarily applies to your specific situation from what I can tell so far. Yeah. Um, I think probably one of the things, the mindsets I'm having to try and figure out like what is reality and what's just a mindset, if that makes makes any sense, um, is that like I, I wouldn't say I've got a huge body of work, but when I actually write down my experience on paper, yeah, I'm not new to this. It's just because I'm managing a chronic illness, mm. I perhaps haven't been had such a turnover of projects other people have. Um, but I'm also I'm also guilty I've been addicted to learning and investing in courses and stuff like that and actually not implementing them. So mm, uh, that's mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. where I'm kind of trying to say, okay, it's time to see ROI on the stuff. Um, and in the last like in the last year, um, like when I actually got so sick last year that I couldn't work. I didn't want to sit there just doing nothing, so I took like a course on how to make memes for business. Um, I took a very well, like a reputable email marketing course. Um, a lot of that stuff I haven't actually done, like very many projects in or, or like paid gigs or whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of trying to marry that stuff with the industry that I want to work in. So I've been working with like B two B and really, I would say dull kind of industries. Um, but I think where I'm a best fit is direct to consumer, like online stores, things like that. Um, and that stuff comes to me, like when I say I want to intentionally build a business I would want to show up for, I mean that when you've got a chronic illness, you can be, you can feel like good on one day and death the next. And mm-hmm. I wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted some type of creative work that even on my worst day, I have no trouble showing up and doing like I can do from my bed, whatever. Um, and that to me is stuff like satire and memes and just very kind of wacky or a little bit, you know, cheeky kind of copy. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, I think the mindset that I've been trapped with. It's like, you know, I haven't really paid my dues because I haven't necessarily married the D to C stuff before with like, so I've worked with a D2C company before, but I haven't been doing this sort of stuff. I've been doing other weird stuff. And then I've I've done other weird stuff for B2B brands, but I haven't even married the stuff together. So I feel like there's a huge learning curve ahead of me. And I think I'm I'm definitely tripping out over that a bit. Oh, I've gone on a tangent. Mm. You'll have to get me back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I mean I think we I think a lot of us go through that, right? Where it's like, I'm not I don't. I don't necessarily feel qualified for what I want to do next. I have a vision of what I want to do, but I. But I. Yeah. I think honestly, this feels to me, Clay. I don't know if you agree. This feels to me like imposter syndrome. Yeah, it's. Um, 
I, I think it is imposter syndrome. I also think it's a little bit of like identity, not knowing your identity. Um, I think everybody goes through this. I go through it. Uh, and also it's, I think it's, I think it's like, uh, like where, do you know what your destination is? Like what, what you, what's your end goal? Do you know what your end goal is? Like, this is not a rhetor- rhetorical question. I'm, ac- I'm actually No, that's asking. good. Um, kind of. Uh, this is where probably the chronic illness thing does throw spanners in my brain because I'm not sure, um, I'm not sure what the best business model for me looks like, but I think I would like to have, I don't, I don't think I want retainers. Um, basically what I'd like to do is mm-hmm. keep refining my system so that I, I land a big project and I do, I create like endless concepts and ideas for them. And then they pay me on a subscription for those ideas to actually be drip fed to them because they don't really need to know how quickly I did the work. Um, they just need yeah. a consistent solution to their problem. Right. Um, yeah. What, what, a, what do you want to be known for? I guess like like if if I if somebody said your name what 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 do you want people to for that to be congruent with like what like what does that mean addictive engaging content that people share with their friends like almost um like I really want to break the the vanilla generic content that people are doing Mhm So and, and you want it? You want it to be one-off transactional services, like not retainer. I don't want. Is, I don't want retainer right? from the perspective of like I don't know from one month to the next how my symptoms are going to be, but I do want that consistency. Mm-hmm. So the way I figure if I do the work in the beginning and then um, just almost almost like a subscription package, but. I've probably done the bulk of the work at the beginning and then can just like slip it out to them. So they would pay as a subscription, mm. I think. There is okay. there is there is so much to unpack. Yes. I, I'm just trying to figure out where to start. <laughs> well, can I start with something that <laughs> yeah, I've had go, pop into my mind and then <laughs> we'll come back to you? Uh I think well, so at some point we need to we need to talk about your the questionnaire you filled out, you you know. Freelancer to founder scale, but we're gonna we're gonna push pause on that um, for listeners who know that that's coming. It's coming. <laughs> uh, but before we talk about that, I you know something that's really struck me here is like <clears throat> you have a chronic illness that uh, makes it hard to know your work schedule and your availability, and yet you want to build a, a recurring revenue business with predictable revenue, which we recommend and we talk about ad nauseum on the show here, uh, and so we're behind you with that. Uh, and in fact, um, for anyone listening who wants to try that as well, we have actually a, a, a five-day challenge that we ran and we recorded all of the Zoom calls with this intimate group and it was super fun and really engaging and we learned a ton together. And you can actually join and watch the, the re-watch the videos at freelance2founder.com slash challenge. Um, but Bernadette, I'm actually going to I'm actually going to make a rule that you're not allowed to do that yet. Um, I don't think you're allowed to to do another course or another uh, challenge or anything like that until you 
until you make some progress on the ones that you've already done. Mm -hmm. So I would love to have you join that later. (laughs) But right now, I'm going to say you're not allowed. Um, And I think instead, I think instead what would be helpful for you is like thinking about your business in a way where you're not doing everything. Because I think this, this chronic illness... You're, you're saying like, well, I might not be available and so I want to drip content out to them, which I think is totally fine in terms of a business model. But I don't know that you have to look at it that way because what you could do instead is like run the operations of the business and yes, do uh, clearly your passion, part of your passion lies in like cheeky copywriting and humor and, and satire and things like that. And so you don't want to let go of that entirely, but who's to say that you couldn't have a partner or, or, a, or a team of uh, partners, and when I say partners, I mean people that you're still in charge, but like people that are helping you, teammates, team members, or contractors, subcontractors, whatever you want to call them, that help you generate this content on a regular basis for your clients. Last episode, the one I was referring to earlier, where I was just on my own, I was chatting with Tyler Gillespie, and we'll we'll link to that episode in here, and I'll be sure to send it to you, Bernadette, as well once it's live. But he was talking all about building a a productized service-based business without ever participating in creating the product himself. He's not a writer, and yet he built a writing productized writing business with 125 freelance writers on staff uh, and, and tons of clients and revenue and ultimately sold the company. And I know that might not be your dream necessarily, Bernadette. You love being involved in it, but but could we hybrid that, right? Could could you do some of the work? some of the satire work, some of the copywriting, some of the memes? And could you also farm out part of that to another freelancer so that your clients are getting things on a regular basis, whether you're feeling well or not, right? Yeah. That, that's kind of the first thing that, that jumped in my mind. I have considered that. Um, I think the the trickiest thing would be, as quite a nuanced voice, like finding people that can write in the style or create in the style. For sure. Um. But I already For found sure. a, a but, friend. But could, you, could you keep the voice? Sorry, go ahead. I already found a friend that I said, like, hey, I think you could write satire pretty well. And <laughs> um, let <laughs> okay. me know if you're looking for a job or if you'd be keen to just take a, a one-piece gig because I'm busy or something. So I don't think it would be impossible. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I, I think um, like I'm willing to like explore subcontracting and things like that. But I know for me, like even the fact that I struggle with project management um, the operations side of life, let alone business, is actually what trips me up. Um, I yeah. actually don't think that would be a brilliant idea. I think I'd be probably better to hire someone to manage me. <laughs> and I, that's the other option I was thinking too, is like just, just because you hire a contractor doesn't mean you have to hire a writer or someone who's maybe as funny or quippy as you might be in your writing, you could still do all the writing, but then maybe there's someone who, like you said, drips it out to the client. Maybe they're a client liaison person of some kind and they send the content to the client, they get feedback, they monitor it on social media to see what's working and what's not. They get they give those reports back to you. Um, like if if that's if you're not if you don't want to do the operation stuff, you can hire someone to help you with those sort of more administrative tasks. For example, um, I hired someone to help with our sponsorships and they literally handle all, like a sponsor reaches out and I do a deal with them in a lot of cases and then I just turn everything over to Bilal and he just handles like from start to finish the campaign, the deliverables, the reporting back, like everything that has to get done. 
Um, I help oversee kind of the creative side of it uh, if needed, but other than that, he handles everything else. And and uh, it doesn't require like necessarily a creative skill, but he's a great project manager, detail oriented person, uh, and really just takes care of it all. And I think you could find someone like that who could potentially support those areas where you feel like those aren't necessarily your strengths. Yeah, I've got a really practical question around that. Um, how like what? What do you need to be pulling in to actually be able to hire someone to do that sort of thing? The only person I've hired, per se, in my business so far was last year, as I was trying to get back on my feet for about a month, I paid an accountability coach lady um, to check in on me every morning and every evening to ask, like, what was I doing today? And did I do the thing that I said I was going to do today? It really did help the productivity, but that was a very small fee because it was quite a simple service. And so, yeah, I don't know at what, like I don't know how to make the goal so that I can actually find that person to seriously start outsourcing to. And because obviously, yeah, I'm not in a place I can do it now, but I would, I would love a project manager. Yeah. Clay, what do you think? What, what's, what's the tipping point where she should feel comfortable hiring someone like that? Um, so, so the, the cost of something like, of someone like this is going to vary, but like, if you, you just you'll you'll need to check around as far as like how much that would cost you because I, I I have no idea how much it would cost like in New Zealand right just, let's just say it costs X dollars um, per month to to uh, to hire this person um, I I think I think it's a lot simpler than people make it out to be because I think people mm. overthink this overcomplicate it they're like. Oh, you know, I need to make X number of dollars to be able to afford this, and blah blah blah. Like the the reality is, and this is for hire, hiring anybody, whether it's your first employee or your second or tenth or hundredth. You you have to realize, and I'm I'm just taking this from personal experience. You have to understand and realize that when you hire someone, you have to accept the fact that you're going to go backwards a little bit. Right when you hire mm. that person, you're gonna go backwards as for, as far as financials. Financially, yeah. But it's it's going to allow you to like so it's almost like that two steps forward, one step back, right? You got except it's it's more like one step back and two steps mm. forward. Um, so you got to go one step back. You got to hire that person, and yes, you're gonna make money in in the or you're gonna make less money in the short term because you're you're having to pay this person. But that's going to allow you to make even more money versus if you did not have that person. So I get, I think, I think more of an accurate statement is is one step back and four steps forward, um, because a, a good ratio, uh, at least for me, is for every one dollar in payroll, I make four dollars in revenue. So, so I don't know if that helps you at all. Uh, maybe Preston's got some two cents on this, but I actually I really love that idea. I've seen that as well in hiring. I've never really thought of it that way, but there mm-hmm. is a moment where you kind of go, ah, "Should I have done that?" Because because you do you take a bit of a financial hit. Um, but but I've never kept someone long term that that it didn't come back to me in space. 
You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. It's right. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree. Like one step back, four steps forward is the perfect way to describe investing in someone. I've always said my best investment is my people. Um, like I should have hired people sooner. I, I force myself now to hire people earlier than I'm comfortable with because it always pays off if you can find the right people and good people. Um, that being said, Bernadette, there's like a, a couple logistical things to keep in mind. You don't have to hire a full-time person. You don't have to pay them a full-time wage. Uh, you can start very, very small. I remember the first person I hired, I think I paid them $300 a month, <laughs> uh, which is extremely small. And they were a freelancer. They had other clients. And I was just one of many things that they worked on. They had just worked a few hours a week for me. Um, and that price worked for them and it worked for me. And I was able to give them more money fairly quickly because here's the second piece of advice and that is um, hire people that will impact your revenue. The only way this one step back and four steps forward thing that Clay's talking about is going to work is if you have people if you have people in places that will make you more money. So they have to dramatically, sorry, not dramatically, they have to directly impact the revenue side of your business. It can be really tempting to like get an assistant who handles your email. But if you're not taking then that time that that's freed up by having them handle your email to do then more sales or more growth or strategy things that actually bring in revenue, then you're just spending money on someone and and it's not paying off on the bottom line. And then the third thing, and I apologize for having so much to say here, but the third thing I that came to mind with 
with hiring someone and like when is the right moment is um, the the advice I'm going to give on this is similar to like like quitting your job, right? It, I wouldn't do it unless you have some sort of safety net. I never hire someone unless I know if they don't make me any money for six months, I could still pay them, right? And so yeah. like, uh, I would never, if you're living paycheck to paycheck on your freelance work right now, I, I would not hire somebody. Uh, if, if you're barely like making ends meet for you, it's not the right time to hire somebody. But if, if you're able to put mm-hmm. away some, uh, a safety net, able to put away a cushion for a little while, then once you can pay them for three, four, five, six months, uh, then you know that's great because it, it can be an experiment. The worst case scenario, you're going to lose that money. Best case scenario and more likely scenario is you're going to make it back in spades, like we said before. Mm-hmm. If you want, if you want to put some numbers behind this, like I'm just going to give you some fake numbers, but like based off what Preston said, let's just say it cost you two thousand dollars a month. Um, again, I'm pulling these numbers out of the air. I have no idea how much it costs. Um, let's just say it costs two thousand dollars a month. That means you. Uh, we recommend you having $12,000 in the bank uh, specifically for that person, um, plus your operating, your normal operating expenses. And, and as far as like when, the, I, I would add on to what Preston's saying, um, as far as like cash flow, whatever it costs you per month. So in this, this, situ, this theoretical situation, uh, $2,000, if, you if you're making $2,000 Profit at the end of the uh, at the end of the month, um, and this is after you know you pay whatever yourself that you need to pay. But if you're making two thousand dollars profit, to me, that's the point where you need to hire. Um, you need to be willing to go back down to zero to to, to hire if mm. that makes any sense. Instead of like giving yourself a raise or yes. just banking the money or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's super it's super easy for people to go like, oh yeah, I'm making uh, I'm making. Uh, right now, if they're making zero dollars in profit, but next month they make two thousand dollars in profit, it's easy for them to go. And I see this all the time. It's easy for that for that person to go. Well, I'm I'm going to give myself a thousand dollar raise, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. And, and when in reality they know they need to hire a two thousand dollar a month person, instead of giving yourself your a raise, don't give yourself a raise, and then hire that two thousand dollar a month person, and that brings you back down to a zero loss, zero profit month. Okay, that is all helpful. I'll definitely be coming back to re-listen to this part of the podcast. That's a lot. <laughs> Sorry, there was a lot there was a lot fast there. Let's um let's slow it down just a little bit by reviewing your questionnaire that you filled out before you came on the show. As listeners of the show know that every guest that we have on for these awesome coaching calls um, fills out a, a quick questionnaire. And on there, we ask, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a freelancer, 10 being a founder, where would you put yourself? And Bernadette, you put that you're a 1, you're a freelancer, um, but that you'd like to be more like a 6 in the next year. So could you could you walk us through like your vision of what does a 6 look like to you? What what is What is your ideal business setup in 12 months? Oh, okay, yeah. I think it's just that in my head, it's a little bit messy. Um because I know that I would like mm-hmm. to be involved with the actual, either the creation, like creating stuff, or at least the creative directing, like telling if I had subcontractors or whatever mm-hmm. that were doing work, um, I would at least like to have my hands in, like, I think you should be doing it like this for this client, or this is the kind of vibe, or here's some examples, or, or if, if that makes sense, like some creative direction. Mm-hmm. Like a creative yeah. director. Um. 
I think I would love to work with one or more like graphic designer slash branding peeps. Um, I get a lot of yin and yang out of that relationship. And I think like considering what I'm offering, the, the service I'm offering, I think it would make a, a lot of sense perhaps to at least some of my clients to have that kind of package. Like at the moment, the way I do it is I come up with concepts and they go find a graphic designer to actually bring those to life. So that's fine if they've got oh, someone in-house or if they've already got someone set up. But um, like a, yeah, a case in point is, um, it, was, it was actually my first dream client that was like a perfect fit. I had someone contact me last month. They were about to launch. They'd been two years in research and development. It's kind of a novelty food item. Um, and they wanted someone to create stuff for their socials and email and everything that was extremely cheeky and risky and fun and satire. And it didn't actually go through um, because two of the co-founders couldn't make an agreement on something. But it really did give me that, like, a sense of like, oh, that is who I want to work with. Um, oh, where was I going with this? <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> telling, it was, us, telling us what your business will, oh, yeah. will look like in 12 months. And I, but the thing is like, they were launching. And that's one trend I have noticed as I've had like at least three people come to me that are about to launch. Um, generally, they have got some funding or backing so that they're not actually just expecting nothing for nothing. Um, so that was actually the first time like, I quoted them. I said, okay, I think you should start the project here. And I think it would be like 10K or 10 grand, whatever. And I actually gasped when I saw that number because I'm not used to doing that yet. I'm still charging by the hour. I'm, you know, like I'm very much starting at the bottom. And, um, but that, like, that's where I don't know if I actually want to work with people that are launching because they've got so much, they're still getting their head around like branding and all that. But or if I want to actually find established brands that, you know, probably have more of an in-house team and are quite happy for, to just yeah. take my concepts and, like, that's all, that's all they want me for is the ideas. So I'm not, I'm not sure, yeah. but the reason I say that is because I think it probably sets up a completely different dynamic. Like, one of those things is more of a subscription-type retainer-type thing if it's, on a, if, if it's a really established client. If it's a new business, just founding, it's probably more of a, like a launch project, which I love doing. Um, but it's probably more like you're starting from the beginning with every client and they probably haven't really learned the ropes of how to be a good client. Yet. I don't know. So I think that's mm. actually where I'm tripping out because I would like a productized service where people basically have to go through a zillion hoops to even work with me. And there's a wait list and I can pick and choose and, and I just, get a lot of the work done, do a lot of the strategy even by myself, and then here's your stuff. Um, but like, yeah, I've got to be realistic. But that's, I think I'd like that, like some type of productized service. But I'd also probably like to have a, an informational or educational product. Um, be, probably because I'm getting these launch, these kids that want to launch, and it's like, you you probably can't all afford me or afford what I think I should be charging. But I don't know. I think that's it's just too soon to, for me to really actually think about how I'm going to do that because I'm really refining my process myself. And I don't, I feel like you probably can't come up with a, a you know, a de, um, do-it-yourself product until you've really reverse engineered your process yourself. Yeah. 
I, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. That's a that's a down the road thing. I think that you give to clients who can't afford you but want to do it themselves. You charge them a fraction of what you would for the service, but you teach them how to do it in a course or something. But to me, like you're so far away from that um, right now that I would even just like I would just put that on totally on the back burner. For me, like I'm I'm having a really hard time with and I'm and I say these things because we care and because we want to see you succeed. For me, like it feels like you don't know how to take the next step because you don't know where you're going. Yeah. That's and, why I brought up the destination at the beginning of this conversation. Yeah. And like Clay said, identity crisis kind of not not your personal identity of course, but like the identity of your business. Like like what will your business be in a year or in five years. And I'm the last one to like force people to set three month, one year, five year goals. Like I think so much changes and it's impossible to know what things are going to look like in 10 years. But in in the next six months or 12 months, you should probably at least have a goal of of like, here's exactly what it should look like. I will have these kinds of clients when they buy something from me. I will, you know, maybe I will write the satire and the copywriting and then I will hand it off to my designer who will then hand the final project products back to our client liaison or however, like, you know, like, like that's, I think the stuff you need to think through is like, you know, yes, there are lots of options. You listed off lots of options, but you have to just sort of pick one and say, I'm going to go for it with these and then I'll pivot as as I need to on the way, but I'm this is what I'm aiming for, right? This is where I want to be. Can I can I ask a question? I uh, Bernard, that you you've done. It sounds like you've done. You've tried a lot of things. What what's the one thing that you've done that you love doing and is profitable? No, all of them. That's the trouble. <laughs> um. Well, choose one. Choose one. Uh. I, I right because I because I honestly like let me I can do a lot of things that are profitable that I really enjoy doing I but I don't so I, that's the that's the reason I'm asking like what, what's the single one thing that you've done that's profitable and you love doing I think that would be writing email copy like in the tone of voices that I'm talking about okay so I would just do that and go all in on it. That's my advice. Okay. I think I think what might I think what might I think is the problem is you do have a little bit of business identity crisis because you try something here, you try it for a little while and then you switch gears. And then you switch gear and, and correct me if I'm wrong because I'm I'm basing it off just this this conversation we've had for like 30 minutes um just from what I'm hearing. Um but you, it sounds like you switch gears Every every time you like try something, like you mentioned something about doing memes for businesses or something, and then and then you're trying this other thing. And um, I would I would just focus on one thing and just do it and just keep doing it and keep doing it because like to be able to and, and this is going to be the first time I've ever said this on a podcast because this is not something I'm ever public with, but I will say it on this one because I think you'll totally relate. I have a chronic illness that I deal with. And I don't know if Preston knows this. <laughs> um, I don't. Did you know this? You don't know? Okay. No, I don't think so. so. So I have a chronic kidney disease. And this is something that I deal with. And But I don't, I don't let that identify or I, I don't let that be my identity. 
Um, I don't, like, very few people know about it because I, I just refuse to let that um, hinder my, where I want to go with both my personal life and my business. And so I, I think, I think that you might be able to relate to that. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's probably different than what you have, but it is something that I, I do have to manage and deal with uh, personally. So, um, but I, in my business, I am able to charge really, really high fees, take very, very few clients, so fewer, better people. Um, like I charge a $25,000 package right now and I take six of those a year. And then I do some other small things on the side that will increase my revenue. And then I do some some retainer stuff as well. All that combined, I make a pretty good living. But my point is, is that uh, you know, I got to the point where I'm able to charge $25,000 for one client because I focused on one thing and I and I focused on it for a long time. I've built a reputation up, and that reputation has grown across like the, my my circle of influence has grown, gone bigger and bigger and bigger every year. And the only way you can do that is if you focus on one thing for a long period of time. So if you switch gears, like then it's almost like hitting the reset button. Uh, is that is any of that making sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. All? I actually wonder, like as you're saying some of this, I actually wonder if half, definitely not the whole problem. Like I have shiny object syndrome for sure, um, but I think in addition, like I've been just so badly wanting some momentum or traction, um, that mm-hmm. I probably am going where my clients are asking me to go, which is yeah, every which way. If you know what I mean, like they want an email marketer and this and that and the other thing, and so it's like, oh yeah, let me just like be a whole one person agency. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that might yeah. a little bit be why too. So if I if I can get much better at making those boundaries and marketing myself as just for this, that possibly will help. Yeah, and I I totally get that, and I and I think like going where going where where your clients uh, demands are, I think just. Generally speaking, 30,000 foot view is the right move. But I'm going to add to that and say, as long as it's within your, um, as long as it's towards the direction of your destination where you want to be. Yeah. Because I have had somebody, like, for example, I use ClickUp uh, for my project management software. Um, I don't, Know that they're a sponsor. I don't know if it's okay to mention them, but you're good. That all set. Okay. Uh, so I use I use ClickUp all the time. I'm I'm a big advocate for ClickUp. Like that's what I use. And someone offered me a couple months ago to pay me to set up their ClickUp. And I thought, and it was a good chunk of money. And I thought, well, I could do this, but that's not where I want to go. I don't want to be known as a ClickUp expert. I don't want to be known as a project management expert. It has nothing to do with where I want where with my destination. And so there there is a sense of like yes, go where your clients are willing to pay money, but add in the element of as long as it fits with my destination, my purpose, like where I want to go. I love that because I think what happens is you end up this is all about opportunity cost, right? Let's think about other professions like if you um, if you are a farmer and you 
farm corn and you sell corn and all of a sudden your clients, your vendors, whoever say, uh, we'd like to buy potatoes. Are you going to like plow under your corn to plant potatoes and start over? No, you're going to just say, well, sorry, I don't sell potatoes. Uh, I sell corn. I'm the corn guy. Right. And so I know that's kind of a cheesy example, but like, it's very concrete to see like, like if, if you know where you're headed, and I, and I really think it just all comes back to this business identity uh, issue that we brought up earlier. If you know where you're headed, it makes it very easy to say, I don't do that. And yeah, I think and, this is why you, you take so many courses too. Because you're not sure where you're mm-hmm. headed. Yep. Which is, which is ironic and interesting because in the beginning you said, I don't want to just take any job that comes my way. I want to charge higher fees. Well, guess what? The secret to charging higher fees is becoming known as the best in whatever it is you want to do. The best copywriter, the best comedic copywriter or satirical copywriter. Like the reason people pay Clay the kind of money they pay him is because over many years he's been he's he's built up his uh, business brand to be known as the guy who does it better than anybody else, right? And so then people are like, well, I want I want the best guy to do that. And and so he says, that's fine. I'm happy to do it. It's going to cost you twenty five thousand um, dollars. And and so it's it's a long game. It's not a short game. And I know that's really hard to hear because you want something to like take off now. But I think I think to Clay's point, you have to pick something. You have to like hustle and grind and and be dedicated to it for a year, and then you'll start to see some fruits of your labor where people are like, "Oh, I know Bernadette. She does the she does those hilarious satirical uh, emails, right? Yeah, we need those for our business too, right?" Yeah. Okay. Um, there's something I I don't know if this like relates to our conversation or if it's valuable or if it's it might just be imposter syndrome, but there is one thing I've I would have like I dabbled with even last year and then I just kind of forgot about it. But I I I think there's a way I'd like to position myself. I just don't know like what the demand is like. Um you know like the the email newsletters like the hustle or the skim or those those brands that mm-hmm. built themselves pretty much purely through email, despite the fact that young people don't read emails or all the all the rest of it. I think I'd like to do that for D2C brands because I feel like a lot of them are held hostage to social media now. Um, So that's probably, I don't know, I think that's something I could probably help them do is basically, because I think Mm -hmm. brands have this this sort of mindset that social media is where all the fun should happen and then email is just business. And it's like, well, if email's got higher rates of transaction anyway why don't you just make it all happen there why don't you get your cult following in your inbox like mm. that is something i would love to see revolutionized but i just ah, i don't know i trip out over it but i think that's the result i would like to offer people this this uh and that sounds fantastic like i love the idea totally again this comes down to does this help you get towards where you want to be and i think a lot of this and you 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 don't realize it now, but it, you will. Um, a lot of this will be so much easier if if you just like just sit down and try to think about okay, what's the one sentence? It's literally one sentence. If somebody were to ask you where do you want to be or who do you, what do you want to be known for, it should be one sentence, not this big long drawn uh, five minute explanation. Um, 
But once you narrow that down, all these things that you're bringing up, it's going to be so much easier to decide whether or not you want to do it or if you should do it. Right? Yeah. I know I no, keep coming I think back to that. Good. But I, I've, I've gone through this experience. Trust me. I have gone through this and it is the most frustrating thing ever. And I, I know exactly, exactly what you're thinking and what you're feeling because I've gone through it and it sucks. Like it took me years to figure this out and not just years, but like thousands of dollars of paying like business coaches and stuff. And, but, and which is funny because it wasn't a business coach that helped me with it. It was like therapist, but anyways, um, uh, yeah. Anyways, once you figure this out, it, uh, trust me, everything, everything that comes after is so much, so much easier. Um, and I'm, I'm just saying this just from personal experience. So no, that's actually really encouraging. I think that's, yeah. It just gives me clarity on, I think, on, um, well, so many things. I mean, it, do- it doesn't really give me clarity, mm-hmm. but it, it, I know what I need to go and work on. I think a lot of it is like mindset and just filtering some of these mm-hmm. ideas away. Yeah. I think, I think what you need is clarity. And now you have a small bit of clarity, understanding that you need that. But you're you you now. I think the most important work you can do now over the next month is like get some real clarity on what kind of work you want to do. Maybe not a month, maybe a couple weeks. What kind of work do you want to do? Uh, who do you want to work for? I I think honestly, the the most powerful stuff you said was a few minutes ago when you were saying like I don't know if anyone will pay for this. But and then you went on to describe what you want to do, like that that stuff. I was like, people 100% will pay for that. You can yep. sense your passion in that. And if you look on the technology side, just logistically speaking, next year Chrome is allegedly getting rid of the cookie. It's going to heavily impact social media, uh, and and people are going to people more and more want you know engagement on their own terms. Which email is a great way to do that. And email so, will never go away, I don't think. Yeah, no, it won't. Because what do you need to sign up for TikTok? You need an email address. What do you need to sign up for Twitter, think, Facebook? Like it, think about think about if 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 the world dropped email, right? If the world dropped email, what would have happened? It would be We'd go chaos. To fix, everything is everything is tied to an email. You know, exactly. Yeah, and I and I have dozens of friends that have said, I'm dropping Facebook. I'm just, I'm done. I'm getting off of Twitter. I'm getting off of Instagram. I've never heard anyone say I'm completely, yes, maybe they take a break from email, clean up their inbox, unsubscribe from stuff. But no, I've never, ever had anyone tell me or have I heard about anyone just saying like, I'm not doing email ever again. I'm just going to actually <laughs> like so plagiarize everything you guys just said and put it on my website. <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> Great. That's what we're here for. Yeah, do it. Take it, use it. Yeah, no, that's cool. <laughs> that's really yeah. encouraging. Yeah, and and I think I think honestly, it feels like all this stuff is inside of you already. Like you you know where you want to go, but but this imposter syndrome or this identity crisis is holding you back, saying like I don't know if people will pay for that, or I don't know if that. Try it, do it, do it for six months, and um, you'll learn a ton, and you'll hopefully make some revenue in the meantime, and and <laughs> find some really cool clients to work with. Okay. Do it, do it for six months. Focus on only that one thing. Don't mm-hmm. take any more courses. Yep. And and go all in on it. See what happens. Okay. Yeah. I'm virtually yeah. shaking your hands yeah. right now. Deal. Yeah. Pinky promise. 
I mean, what do you have to lose? I mean, at the beginning, at the beginning of the episode, you said you were, you were, uh, what did you, you said? Your words, you said you were broke. Um, so, like, what do you have to lose? You yeah, know what I mean? No, I don't. I, I'm actually really excited about this. <laughs> I could. Do you well, want me good. to pitch your podcast we... now? <laughs> 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 we uh, we would we would love uh, like if in six months. We emailed you again and said, "Come back on the show and tell everyone what you've learned over the last six months by just like, just like putting blinders on and just." In fact, this is something we talked about with Tyler the last episode. Listeners can can listen, and I think really this episode will be helpful for you too. Is just like you put the blinders on and you put your head down and you get the work done for six or twelve months, and you'll be amazed at what happens at the end of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Would it help if I said I'm going to make it my personal vendetta that in six months I'm going to message you and I want to ask you if you've taken any more courses. I'm going to ask you if you've made any memes or done any other stuff outside of email writing. Like, would that help you? You have no idea how much that would help me. Did you hear me say that my first hire was an accountability partner? <laughs> and then, and then we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And then we're going to we're going to do a live call, uh, calling you up and be like. Hey Bernadette, did you actually get all this shit done that we said you you need to do six yeah. months ago? Let me walk the plane. <laughs> We're gonna do it live. Yeah. We're gonna do it live. And you're yeah. either gonna be like really like be, you're gonna be like, yeah, I did it, I kicked ass, or you're gonna be super embarrassed. <laughs> okay. Right? Yep. You're on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just messing with you, but you know. No, I, think it's I think we should do it. I think we- <laughs> I'm dying. I think she likes the yeah. idea. <laughs> uh, well, Bernadette, I think this conversation has been fun. It sounds like it's been impactful for you. We have loved having you. Thank you so much. And why don't before we go, why don't you just tell everyone where they can connect with your business in case there are people out there who want to hire someone to write some satirical emails for them. Sure. Okay, I'm not going to give you the website address of my actual like freelancing thing because you won't be able to spell it. Um, but it's easier to find me on bernadettejudd.com and then just click the link where I talk about marketing that will take you to my other website. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. We will be sure to link that up in the show description as well so that you can just click right over uh, to either of the sites. Um, but perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you taking time to call. And Clay, thank you as always. You guys take care. See ya. Bye. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of the Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.